it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by... Andrew Sather, and Dave Ahern, to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 57. Andrew and I are going to take a stab at talking about some of our favorite books. Books, as you know, are a fantastic way to learn. And and as Andrew and I are both self-taught investors, we thought we would share some of the books that have helped shape our views and philosophies. So without any further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Andrew and he's going to talk about his first book. Yeah, love to talk about that. I mean, it's so crucial, right? If you want any chance at jumping into the stock market i think it's important to instead of immerse yourself immediately in the media and in the charts and everything that's going on in the business world you can build like a base and a foundation and get some wisdom from people who've done this for decades you can get a huge head start on the rest of the investors who are going to you know they'll go out and and they'll learn these expensive lessons where you can kind of shortcut all of that and you can really get your skill set, get that at a much higher level in the beginning and it will only compound from there. So, I mean, there's there's some books, you know, while Dave and I don't have like the whole financial educational background, we do have a huge passion when it comes to reading these books. I've personally been reading these books voraciously and I'm just constantly reading new investing books. So you start to get to a point where a lot of the books start to say the same things. And that that becomes a good point because then you understand which parts of these books are really, really crucial and which ones have worked for a ton of investors and not just maybe one or two who sound really opinionated, but has worked for the majority. And then you start to get the collective wisdom of, of all these smart people. And so, you know, I've I've always been just going through all these different books ever since I started out. So it gets hard for me to kind of pinpoint it. And, and there's so many different recommendations that I want to give out. Um, I'll say this, like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about The Intelligent Investor. And that's an obvious must read for everybody. Uh, it's a book 
Buffett highly praises. It's it's the foundation of any value investor you talk to. They're going to talk about the intelligent investor. But I really think that book's a little tough from a readability standpoint. I think you need like a quick win. You need to you need to get confidence. You need to get excitement. And you need a book that like starts to kind of it's like baby food, right? It, it it's something that can start you out until until you get to some bigger, more intense concepts that you can really chew on. So for me personally, and I really lucked out. Like <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, the way I got into it was I don't know how I ended up at at this bookstore. I was at a Barnes and Noble. Uh, I don't even know if those. Yeah, <laughs> they're still around today, right? So I know there's one down the street from where I work, but. I went to Barnes and Noble and I went over to the investing section and didn't have really a clue, right? Uh, outside of the couple of conversations I have with the guy who really pushed me in the direction of investing, I'm kind of listening to him talk about some of the general principles of investing, like dollar cost averaging was a big one that he really espoused in my head from the outset. Outside of those like little discussions, I didn't have much of a foundation when it came to educating myself in the stock market and investing as a whole. So I literally went to the investing section and I just had an open mind. I had no idea which books I was going to pick out and just saw if anything really stuck out. And I saw Beating the Street by Peter Lynch. And literally like my thought process was, you know what? That name Lynch sounds really familiar. Like sounds like Merrill Lynch. So this guy must know what he's talking about. So I was like, all right, I'll pick up this book and I'll buy it. And then I was looking at the other books and then there was The Intelligent Investor and that one stood out because it's this red book and it kind of reminds you of the Bible. And then you pick it up and it, it's kind of meaty and thicky like the, the Bible. And then on the top it says, uh, you know, something, some quote about Buffett like singing his praises about the book. And I'm like, again, like I, I don't know hardly anything about the finance world stock market, I wouldn't even tell you what a hedge fund is or, or who the hedge fund managers are. But I, I knew the I knew the the names Buffett. I knew Lynch is maybe somehow tied to Merrill Lynch. So I, I bought those two books. And I happened to pick up Beaning the Street first and I started reading that one. I really loved that book and it really got me excited and I was like, hey, this you know the way he was explaining the stock market and the way he was explaining his basic strategy, like he didn't get too in depth into it where you're like, well, these are too many complicated terms, but he would just say, you know, gave me like the basics of the price to earnings ratio. And so I had like, I had an idea of like, okay, this is what a valuation is. This is a metric I can use. And, and this is what, this is what is really going on with a business. It's not just a stock thing. It's not just prices going up and down. It's not just traders on on the trading floor yelling buys and sell orders this is a business and and this is this is what's going on behind the scenes so that really kicked me off and i felt like i mean lucky for me that's how i i got into it and i think that really helped me so then when i picked up the intelligent investor i already knew what pe was cuz graham talks about it in that book and then he also introduces a price price to book ratio and i can't remember if he talks about ps or not but then i was like okay and then it was like i was building on that previous knowledge so 
I definitely recommend beating the street. The other one I will say, which I read probably last year, 2017. I don't know if I read this from your recommendation or not, Dave, but um, Joel Greenblatt's um, The Little Book That Beats the Market. Is that is that what it's called? Yes, that's what it's called. Yeah, so I love this book, and especially because like as soon as he opens, he like has an intro and he says like, all right, well, if I had to leave my children with a piece of advice on like, how can I get into the stock market? Like if I were to basically try to break it down so they could understand it. And he was saying how his kids are really young and all this stuff. He's like, this, that's what this book's going to try to do. It's going to try to explain it in simple terms of how my kids can understand it. And then he goes into a story about how he used to have this like entrepreneurial mindset when he was a kid in school. I think he mentioned something about like selling gum and like finding profit margins and that. And then he talks about how that relates to how businesses really work and how the stock market isn't just some game, but it's really representative of these businesses. Again, similar concepts, right? Where you want to be an owner and you want to accumulate assets. And, and you want to have these businesses create profits. And so that book's also super valuable. And it also gets into some basics. I know he introduces the magic formula, which is his value investing strategy. So both of these guys, you know, you can argue Lynch is a value investor at heart. He never like explicitly says it. Greenblatt definitely, you know, is una, unabashedly a value investor. and has been influenced by Graham and everything like that. But, you know, you can take those lessons and, and and really use those two books, whichever one you choose, to really get a basic knowledge on the stock market, how it's like a business, what valuation means, and then maybe move on to something more complex like the intelligent investor. And that can really... F- form like a really solid foundation when it comes to understanding the basics and and really giving yourself that edge because I think personally the biggest edge you can have if you're going to be picking individual stocks is going to be being able to identify stocks that are trading at a discount to their intrinsic value like we always say on the show a margin of safety with the emphasis on the safety and if if you have that basic strategy down whatever that looks like for you then i think you're going to have a major major advantage over any other investor that's out there trying to pick and choose and 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 follow different storylines or follow their gut on how they feel like the future is going to play out i mean you'll definitely have an advantage over those type of guys so while you definitely want to have the meaty the real value investing type pillars down you, you also want to have books that kind of help lead lead into that and, and maybe warm you up to it and i think beating the street by peter lynch and the little book that beats the market by joel greenblatt are excellent places to start i totally agree those, those are fantastic books i've read both of them and love them a lot and they've taught me so much and you know the joel greenblatt book you know to me was the thing I enjoyed about it was the way he writes, he tells stories. And so instead of it just being a technical book, 
about talking about, you know, this formula and that formula and that kind of thing, which don't get me wrong, that they have a place for them. But for me as a beginner, it was so easy to read. And I think I read it in a couple of days and I just couldn't put it down because he just, he tells stories and it, it made it relatable. It made it enjoyable. You liked him and you liked the stories he was telling and it just helped get his point across so much better. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, a couple of books that I wanted to throw out there while we're talking about these was the first one was the Dando investor by Bonish Prabhai. And I've talked about this off and on through our podcasting history here. And that was one of the first books that I read. And like Andrew was saying, it's an easy book to read. He has all kinds of great information and wisdom that he drops in the book. And it's not overly technical and it's not one of those boring kind of textbooky kind of books. And it's very relatable. And he talks a lot about margin of safety. And he talks a lot about his phrase in the book is heads. I win tails. I don't lose that much because when he's talking about investments that he gets into, he looks for such a large margin of safety in his eyes that even if he does make a, a, a bad choice, he's not going to lose everything. And I really kind of related to that. And he has different points that he talks about throughout the book that are very relatable. And, you know, he uses a lot of common sense, very much like Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett. And those are two of his idols, especially Charlie Munger. And <clears throat> excuse me, he talks a lot about using common sense and being logical and being rational about things. And again, he tells stories as well, which help illustrate all the points that he's trying to make. And it's such an easy book to read. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I got so much out of it. And it really kind of helped form a basis for me as I was starting to try to read more textbook kind of things like an intelligent investor or security analysis, which is so heavy in the the theory and the formulas and the technical part of investing, which can be really hard to get through, especially when you're a beginner. But, you know, I slogged my way through them because I was told I had to read the books and I learned a lot from them. Don't get me wrong. But like Andrew was saying, when you're looking for beginning, trying to get quick wins, things that you can really kind of wrap your arms around something like the Dando investor to me was something that I could definitely embrace Another book that I really, really enjoyed that we've not talked about enough is called The Most Important Thing. And it's written by a gentleman named Howard Marks. And, you know, I thought if Warren Buffett, Joel Greenblatt, and Seth Klarman recommend a book, this needs to be on my to-do list for reading. And I read it. and It was awesome. Uh, Howard Marks is a co-founder of the ch and chairman of Oak Creek Capital. And it's he's not a big name. He's not flashy. He's very much about the margin of safety. And frankly, when you read uh, his letters, he can kind of come across a little bit cranky <laughs> and a little bit, uh, you know, doom and gloom. He's always talking about bear markets. Uh, the book is not, it's not a how to invest book. It's rather, it's kind of a look into insights of a man who struggles with his own daily investment choices. Uh, he doesn't offer any shortcuts. He doesn't have any easy formulas. He's not a how to wisdom thing, but he talks a lot about second level thinking, which is his way of telling us that there are no real mechanical ways to invest, but rather that investing can get kind of messy. By this, he means that people and their emotions drive, emo drive markets and trying to filter all that down to a mathematical formula is kind of impossible. So he talks a lot about emotions. And he talks a lot about psychology. 
And he gets a lot of his wisdom from Charlie Munger. And that's one of Charlie Munger's big focuses is on the psychological aspects of investing. And we've talked a little bit about that in the past. But this book really delves into how Howard thinks and, you know, where he's going with his ideas and how he decides he wants to do things. And he's very much a value investor. And if you look at his portfolio, it's, you know, he's got all the classic, you know, value investing stock picks and he's not a flashy guy and he's not out there promoting himself. And it's, it's a fantastic book. I highly recommend it, especially if you're looking at trying to start to delve a little bit more into the psychological aspects of investing and you don't want to go the full full nine yards and go with a, you know, very heavy psychology book, like something from Daniel Kahneman or Amos Tversky. Those are much more heavy on that end. And Howard does a great job of kind of easing everybody into it. I just, I really enjoyed it. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah, I love that book too. I remember getting into it kind of later on. So I learned some of the concepts that he was already talking about. I just remember, I like to listen to a lot of the books on Audible. 
in addition to re- reading certain books. And I just remember like always nodding my head every time I would hear these words come out about the book because yeah. like, everything in the book's like, yep, yep, it's what you got to do. It's what you got to do. And it's, yep. it's a good uh, yep. overview. You know, it's almost like a guide in a way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm going to put Dondo Investor on my reading list because that really sounds good. I know you, you talk about them a lot. Uh, yeah, I really, I really like him. If, if you ever get a chance to l- l- listen to some of his um, talks on YouTube, fantastic. Yeah, we've been plugging YouTube lately, haven't we? Yes, we have. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to pivot a little bit. Um, most definitely, there's so many different books that you can get that are going to give you the, the real meat of value investing. I think Dave and I will 100% put our hands up and say without a doubt that the intelligent investors the book to go for that and you know if if you want more of like uh i wouldn't say like a summary but like good discussion on some of the most important parts of that book we did a couple episodes way back in the archives if you go to episode 20 and episode 21 we covered what we thought were the two best chapters of the intelligent investor it could be good supplements to reading i don't think it would replace your reading uh, but definitely check those out. And then if if you really feel brave, move on to security analysis. That's so much nitty gritty and, and so much good stuff about valuing the company. And I have some other books too I, I want to recommend. But before I do that, I think it's also important to get general knowledge and not be so, not narrow-minded, but so singularly focused on one's particular strategy. I think it's important, especially when you're first starting out, to get exposure to all the different strategies that are out there and then form your opinion on whether you personally agree with the values of value investing or not. Because it's you know, it's not going to be for everybody. And you know, every strategy, I'm not gonna say every, but most strategies have they're pros and cons, and some of them, you know, there are some that can also be successful as long as you stick it out. You just have to figure out, okay, what what's important to me? What are my values? What are things that I relate to? You know, if being a day trader and putting tons of hours in really speaks out to you, but you you found strategies, you found systems, you found people have done done it successfully before, and if it really engages you in the way that you like to do it, well, then sure, go do it. You know, if you like to be more of the person who likes to be able to sleep at night and likes to be able to know that you're in safe investments, understanding that you're not going to get quick wins all the time, but over the long term, you're going to get businesses that will compound your wealth. Well, then maybe a strategy like value investing, like Dave and I preach, is more your more your level, right? So I think a great book that gives introductions to a lot of the different things that are out there. You know, I don't agree with all of it because he, in the end, says that value investing is impossible. And we did an episode, uh, episode eight, kind of talking about our rebuttal to that. And that drew a lot of heat. <laughs> so that was fun. But um, A Random Walk Down Wall Street by Burton Malkiel. Um, basically, he concludes the book saying that, you know, investors should be passive investors and the, the market's completely efficient. And that there's no way you can beat the market, things of that nature. But, you know, he also talks about a lot of the importances of buy and hold. I mean, you can get that in a lot of the other books too. But he also talks about like the downsides of growth investing, um, some of the other 
strategies that were out there. I remember uh, Dogs of the Dow was talked about. Uh, Nifty 50, I believe, was talked about. Uh, and just a ton, you know, he, he talks about momentum and trend. All these different technical analysis, fundamental analysis, all these different strategies. He kind of breaks it down in a, a real nice way. And, you know, there are some good things he says about indexing, which are true and which can apply to investors. So there's just a lot of, if there's one book that kind of encompasses everything that goes on in Wall Street, uh, I would say that would be the one. I don't, I don't feel that there's anything in there that's like super actionable where you can make great gains from it. But I think it's just from an overall knowledge perspective, it's a great book. And then... I really enjoyed Market Wizards. I'm blanking on the author right now, but it's, I wouldn't say it was like necessarily practically useful for me in any practical way because it was all traders all talking about, you know, how they made money being, becoming full time traders and, and how they had their different strategies. But, you know, it gave me some insight into the whole trading world, the whole technical analysis world. And there were a lot of things in there that, like, it, it was cool to see the differences in priorities when it came to these traders who are very active versus a value investor who is very passive. And it was, it was funny to see the, the parallels and the similarities and they would just call it different things. So like, for example, one huge thing that value investors always preach and pretty much any investor you talk to, they'll, they'll, they'll preach diversification, right? So in the value investing world, we always talk about 15 to 20 stocks tends to be the ideal amount, maybe up to 25 stocks. That's, we always use terms like diversification, you know? But then when, when you talk to these traders, they're all saying the same thing, but they're saying a different language. They call it position sizing. So the way they word it is they say, well, you know, anything between three to five to seven percent position sizing is really that sweet spot where you want to be. They're both saying the exact same thing, but they're just calling it different things. And so I thought that was really interesting. I thought that was cool to, you know, while basically the book is a collection of interviews that uh, whoever the author was did with all these traders who were very successful. Um, it's obviously talking to all the outliers and all, all the, the best performers that there were but you know there's there's a lot of cool stuff in there um a lot of fun kind of strategy stuff and and you you see some of the quirkiness of some of these guys that that went through and made money from their trading so i thought that was really cool and i think it's important to not be too overly zealous over one thing like you know if, if you look at the e-letter strategy i have where i break things down from normal portfolio to dividend fortress portfolio i like to use a trailing stop which is very characteristic of traders and not so much value investors and you know i have all my justifications behind that as well so i think it's just important to kind of it's kind of like a broadening of your education just like random walk down wall street is you know it's it's a way to branch out and and feel more confident you know if, if you know what people around you are doing and, and you understand the pros and cons between what you're doing, between what they're doing, it can really give you like a secure feeling. So I think if this really becomes a rabbit hole that you really barrel down and, and you're looking for fresh material, you're really hungry for 
expanding your horizons. I think those are two great books. One last one I'll mention is Common Stocks and Uncommon Profits by Philip Fisher. He's more of a growth guy. Um, and he talks about like scuttlebutt, which is something that's not going to be possible for like 99% of us because we don't have access to, to, um, CEOs and stuff. Like he was talking about calling these CEOs and sitting down and interviewing them and, and using that as part of his investment process. Obviously, that's not something most of us can replicate, but you know, he also has a lot of cool stuff in there and, I felt like it was when when we talked about kind of the science versus the art of investing. If you go back to episode, I'm looking at the list right now and I don't know why. Ah, 52. We talk about like the art side versus the science side. The science side is obviously looking at the numbers, looking at the business and the financials. And the art can be something kind of above that. In addition to that, uh, I felt like common stocks and and uncommon profits was a cool kind of glimpse that can help you go beyond the numbers in a sense. And it's just also one of those just classic books that has been around for a long time that a lot of people look up to and and felt like was valuable from a lesson standpoint. So I would say those those three books are good to broaden your horizons. And I still have a couple more, Dave, if you have the time. That I think are real meaty, but I'll let you throw in a couple books too. Hey, you, what's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. That's a great list of, of books. A couple ones that I'd like to throw on logs on the fire are uh, Berkshire Hathaway Letters to Shareholders, uh, 1965 to 2014. So this is a compilation of all of his letters from those for about 50 years. And where else can you learn better than from the Oracle of Omaha? Learn at his feet, reading his words and taking his wisdom and fantastic book. And you can just see the evolution of his thoughts and how he invests and his wisdom from the early days to current times. And it's just a fascinating evolution of, of reading and just the history of seeing all that. And it's just, you know, I just was blown away by you know, how smart the guy was. Just, it's just kind of ridiculous. And he's such a good reader, or I'm sorry, good, such a good writer. And he, again, uses stories and humor to kind of illustrate his points. And it makes it so much more interesting for us, the reader, than just having somebody just kind of preach at us. And I just, loved you know every year his letter comes out it's one of the first things i do when it's released is i read his letters and i've been doing it ever since i really got into investing and so going back and looking at all of his older letters as well it's just there's so many nuggets of wisdom in there it's just it it could probably spend the rest of my life just trying to nip pick not nitpick but pick out the little different nuggets that he offers up in his letters to help me become a better investor. And I think those are definitely a must read as you get more confident with your investing skills and abilities. Definitely dive into reading them. Even if it's something you feel like it's a little bit over your head, it still is going to help make you a better investor because there's just so much wisdom in all those letters. By the way, like he's so good at making it simpler too. Not only is he a brilliant mind and is he able to really practice what he preaches, but he has just a way of making it so simple you know and saying it in such a matter of fact way where you're like 
I was really smart and that made a lot of sense. And I understand what he said. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. that's that's very, very a cool aspect of him that's not really talked about too much. Yeah, I totally agree. The other book that I'd like to recommend would be The Manual of Ideas uh, by a gentleman named John Mihailovic. And that is not easy to, for me to say. <laughs> and a uh, fantastic book. And he has a podcast that he does as well, as well as a newsletter that he writes. And John has been able to in, interview some of the smartest, brightest minds in the investing world. And his book really kind of delves into all the different aspects of value investing. And it's just fantastic. You know, Andrew was talking about kind of broadening your horizons and kind of taking a bigger look at different types of things. And value investing, it's not just all one cookie cutter thing. There are all different kinds of little nooks and crannies, the directions you can go with this. And this book kind of, it's not a how-to book. It's not a formula book, but it's just kind of a broad overview of all these different aspects of value investing. And it's just, it's fantastic. It's so easy to read. And I, I did it over Audible. I also read it as well. And fantastic. His podcast is awesome. I'm a big fan of this guy. I really, really enjoy his stuff. And it really taught me a lot about different aspects of value investing and helped me kind of, again, kind of formulate some of my ideas, you know, as I was really getting going with this. And I recommended it to Andrew and I remember he read it as well. Yeah, I did. Actually, I was going to mention it and you stole it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I definitely have a couple more. Um, I think we'd definitely be remiss if we didn't mention Seth Klarman's margin of safety. That's another one of those, which I'm still haven't finished it yet, but up to now it's, it's been fantastic. It's like everything we know about value investing reconfirmed and what the part I'm at now, which I think is very, very interesting is he's talking about the bankruptcy cases. He just brings up a lot of different opportunities of value that you wouldn't really think of, you know, and he, You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, because uh, I haven't finished the book, but I don't think he ever like gives a definite thing where he says, well, this is how you find margin of safety. Nope, he never does. But he, the way he like kind of talks about it over and over again, it's like, well, there are so many opportunities where you can find margin of safety. Here's how you can do it. Here's when the opportunities might happen. Um and and here's the the mindset behind what you need to do it. And I think the results that he's made at Baupost just speak for themselves. Outside of the fact that you know it's it's one of those investing treasures where if you can pick up a physical copy, it's worth thousands of dollars. Yeah, exactly. Um, back to Buffett. I really enjoyed this one. This one's more of a biography, but it's called the Snowball. Warren Buffett and the Business of Life, written by Alice Schroeder. Um, that one was really cool. It's really inspiring because you hear, you know, while it wasn't like he was living in the streets or anything, but he did have somewhat humble beginnings. And I mean, he definitely didn't start as a millionaire or billionaire or anything of that nature. And it was cool to hear him grow and how he was able to, to pot, you know, organize all this capital himself and really grow the business to such a massive proportions that he was able to do kind of talk about some of his successes, some of his failures and get, get some insight on how he spends his day to day and what kind of personality he had. 
some of the stuff that happened in his personal life. And it was just a cool book. And one of those that's like really easy to listen to. I listened to that one on Audible and I remember just being excited every time I would get in the car because that was just fun to, to hear about. Another one, One Up on Wall Street, I think is a good follow-up to Beating the Street. This one's also Peter Lynch. The Audible version was very short, but um, he puts a lot of good lessons in there, a lot of general rules and a lot of things that you can use that are applicable as, you know, whether you're a value or a growth person, it, it has a lot of good stuff in there. And I think one of the, I'll, I'll leave with this because I can't have a book list like this and not include this book. What works on wall street by James O'Shaughnessy. I'll have to, say that the intelligent investor what works on wall street i guess beating the street i guess you could put that in there but we're talking about like these are the foundational things that really set my own personal stock picking strategy into what it is today um it's a super number based you know he he ran a ton of back tests before the technology was really there where we can do it so easily like we can today and just spits out the data and like, look, this is how it is. This is how stocks historically have performed. And it just gives you the data. It's like, okay, well, this is, this is what we can expect if if we invest with these certain characteristics. And there's a lot of different metrics in there, a lot of different valuations and a lot of different, you know, he looked over many, many years. And so what I thought was really cool is, you know, as the market goes along, it, it kind of cycles between times where growth stocks outperform value stocks and value stocks outperform growth stocks. And so, you know, that kind of thing can go can go on as 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 the years go by. But, you know, a lot of studies have shown that over the very long term, value outperforms growth. And what O'Shaughnessy found was a lot of these value based metrics outperform growth over the very, very long term, over a lot of different time periods. And, and you know, you, ha- you have to make sure that these back tests aren't constricted and, and kind of cherry picking and skewed based on what time you're, you know, what year, what year to year you're running them. And so he found, you know, that these value metrics over the very, very long term also tend to outperform the growth metrics. And you can run back tests today and, and there's there's a couple people who write about it on the on blogs where they show these similar type of back tests that still roll still ring relevant and true to what a lot of the findings that O'Shaughnessy had in his book. So definitely I think if you're gonna include a book that's meaty and one that really gets to numbers, financial statements, and valuation metrics. You have to include what works on Wall Street, even though I don't necessarily see it recommended too, too much. And I kind of stumbled on it. I didn't, I didn't get it recommended to me by anybody else. But I just think there's so much good wisdom in there that it should be a must read. If you're going to get into financial statements, if you're going to try to take a very numerical approach to finding margin of safety. Yeah, that's a fantastic book. I I have not read that yet. That is definitely on my list. 
I, you've talked about that before and I've just not gotten around to reading it, but after listening to you talk, I'm like, why haven't I? That has to be next. So I think I'll move that up. That sounds like a fantastic book. The last one that I'd like to throw out there is, if I may, is, I guess, Port, <laughs> thank you, is, uh, Port Charlie's Almanac. And this is a collection of Charlie Munger's wit and wisdom through the years. And it's kind of a compilation of his writings, his speeches that he's given, different interviews that he's given. And it's just a collection of kind of his thoughts along the same lines as Warren Buffett's shareholder letters, but not quite as formal. And it's fantastic. It It's very much more of a psychological book where he talks a lot about how we think and the decisions we make and trying to educate ourselves and learning how to make better decisions. And it was really kind of my eye opening of how I think about not just investing, but just everything in life and my attitude about doing things and how I make decisions and what causes me to trigger on certain things. And it really makes you think. And I just really enjoyed the book and it's fantastic. It's longer. It's a longer book. And there are lots of speeches in there that have been transcribed, which I find fantastic. And there's one on Spotify that I listen to all the time and it's fantastic stuff. And another plug for the book is that uh, Monish Prabhai has read it nine times. And I thought, well, you know, guys that smart as accomplished as him has read it nine times. I probably should take a stab at it. So uh, I really enjoyed it. I don't know if I'm going to read it nine times, but I really, really enjoyed the book. So that would be the last thing that I would want to throw on there for my list. That one gets into like the whole mental model stuff too, right? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's like, it's, it's great to see the, the way Charlie and Warren compliment themselves so much, you know, and the way that they're able to use their various skill sets to really get great success in the market. Exactly. One last one I think I'd like to leave us with. I don't know. Have you heard of Value Trap Indicator? Have you read that one? <laughs> no, I've never heard of it. <laughs> no. Nope. Right. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I guess there's, okay, there's two. Value Trap Indicator, <laughs> written by yours truly. I, I just took like a backwards approach. I looked at something that people never really look at when they when they write these books. And I want to look at the bankruptcies, why the stocks fail, why the companies go bankrupt. So. Basically, that's what I did. I did some research on um, the most recent bankruptcies, really from the early 2000s, and just looked at the numbers and, and looked at similarities and share what I learned on in the book. And uh, so that one was, I think it's a good read. <laughs> Obviously, it is. And then uh, Seven Steps Understanding the Stock Market, also written by yours truly. That's one that I offer for free for people that go to stockmarketpdf.com. You know, you probably hear it on the the closing of the show all the time, but that's one of those where I like to think of it as another, you know, I was talking in the beginning of the episode about books that are like baby food that can give you confidence and, and really start to teach you little things to get you to the more meaty stuff. So I felt like Seven Steps is, is one of those. Uh, I, I teach you about price to earnings, price to book, price to sales, and price to cash along with like EPS and dividend yield. And um, 
you know, teach you the basics, show you some real life examples of, of how you can apply it and, and how it's been used and how you can use it in the future to find stocks that are that have these good financial characteristics, right? And the the same seven steps that are in the ebook are the same seven categories I use for value chart indicators. So those two kind of go hand in hand, have nice synergy. Um, I think those are great books, and at least one of them's free, so you got no excuse to not read that one. Absolutely, those are great books, and they've helped shape me a lot for sure. I, you know, talked about this before. I use Andrew's seven steps formulas or ratios uh, for my screening that I do every week. So it's been fantastic for me. I really, I really enjoyed them. It really helped me start down the path to being successful with what I'm doing for sure. All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our discussion of books that have helped shape Andrew and I's investing thoughts and ideas in our education. I hope you enjoyed our discussion of these books. Hopefully you found something that you may not have read that kind of piques your interest. And reading is the key to success. That's the knowledge is power. The more you know, the better you could do. And along those lines, we really enjoy talking about books and reading them. And if you guys got any ideas of books that you really like, we'd love to hear about those as well. So without any further ado, I'm going to sign us off. You guys go ahead and have a great week. Go out and find some intrinsic value. Invest with a margin of safety. Emphasis on the safety. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.